Good morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along. We believe that getting in the word of God every day, meditating on it, thinking about it, believing it, applying it, praying over it changes our lives. So if you're new today, a special welcome. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notify, share, leave a comment. Let me know where you're from. I always like to leave the comments below. It helps our placing on Facebook as well, or excuse me, on YouTube as well. And so uh, please uh, leave a comment or smash the like button and join with us. We've been talking about the commands of Christ and we've been kind of camping the last two weeks on the great commandments to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors ourselves. Today we're continuing on this topic of loving my neighbor. You know, there's two types of people in the world. And today we're, we're going to look at one of those types of people, tomorrow a different type. Now, when I'm thinking about two types of people, what strikes me, the, refer, there's many different ways you could categorize, I suppose, two types of people, but we would look at the those who are believers and unbelievers, the wheat, the tares, the sheep, the goats, the, 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 the followers of Christ, those who aren't followers of Christ, those who are in the domain of darkness, those who are in the kingdom of the beloved Son, those who are in the path of, of life, those who are path of destruction. You see that many times there are these two groups of people discussed in the Scripture. And we love, there's a lot of ways we love both groups similarly, but there are specific things given to us about loving believers and then specific things about loving unbelievers. So today we want to talk about believers. I believe we should prioritize that. We're to love all people, and but we, you know, obviously sometimes you have to make choices of who's priority. In Galatians 6.10 it says, let us do good to all men, but especially to those who have the household of faith. And so we love all people, but we give a special love to our brothers and sisters in the faith. And we, we uh, care for them, we make them the priority, although again, we love everybody who ever comes across our path. Seven ways we can love fellow believers. Are you ready? I'll post these verses. I'll post these and the verses in in the um, uh, below in the description. But also, uh, if you get my daily email, these are the same ones I talked about last night. Hang on, even if you've read it, it's we'll we'll talk about it, amplify them a little bit more. But make sure if you're not subscribed to my daily email, you do so that you can get. Uh, things like this and verses that we'll be talking about here. Seven ways. You ready? Number one, we accept one another. Romans 15, 7 says that we should accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Well, it's glorious to God that Jesus accepted us. And it's glorious to God when we accept one another. We live in a world of cancel culture, don't we? We live in a world where people are just looking for reasons to reject other people, looking for reasons to cancel them, looking for reasons to uh, uh, judge them, to put them out, to reject them. We're not like this. We're looking for ways to accept, and we do accept one another. Warts and all, because, you know, believers are people too. And humans, we've all got our problems. We've all got our needs. We've all got our shortcomings. We've all got our things that, you know, if people really knew us, we wonder would they accept us. We need to be people who do. Jesus accepted us. He knows all about us. We're fully known, fully known by God. 
and yet fully loved. What an amazing thing. That's how we want to be towards one another as well. We accept one another. With all of our differences as believers, we are fellow heirs. We're going to be in heaven together. We better learn how to get along with one another even now. Number two, we encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 tells us to encourage one another to and, and comfort. The, the Greek word there is like, it's the same word as the Holy Spirit when it's talking about the helper, the parakletos. It's the same root word here. And this is what we should be doing. We live in a tough world. We live in a world where, where it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to lose hope. It's easy to, to see the negative. It's easy to feel things are going the wrong direction. It's easy, whether we're talking about on a very personal level or our family or our community or our nation, maybe our work. We live in a fallen world. There's problems. And it's so easy. And when you, I've discovered something. When you are committed to doing good, there will be opposition. No one ever does good without conflict, without opposition, without people telling them they can't, shouldn't, wouldn't, they'll fail. I read the other day, you know, if you want to have, if you got a big dream, don't tell it to small-minded people because small-minded people, they'll kill your dreams. They'll kill our hopes. Brothers and sisters, we should be people who feed one another's dreams and hopes and we encourage one another and we we give one another the the grace to see the positive understand there are reasons in this world to be discouraged there are reasons in this world to be encouraged there are reasons to be positive and there's reasons to be negative what we focus on can have a big difference in how our day goes what we focus on can have a big difference in what we actually achieve what we help one another focus on. I've discovered no, no one ever makes it all on their own. We all need people to encourage us when we feel like giving up, okay? Number three, we need to speak the truth to one another. There's so much error and deception in our world. Ephesians 4 verse 15 tells us, speaking the truth to one another, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who's the head, even Christ. And, and there's a great need for this. I commented earlier here, I like how people greet one another in these uh, in, in our chat, it's kind of strange to say, you know, we usually say, how you doing? What's up? And to greet one another, grace and peace be yours. Uh, hello, fellow, hello, heirs of God. It sounds a little strange, a little weird, but it's the truth. And we need to be sharing the truth with one another. And the truth builds us up. The truth enlightens us. So we speak the truth to one another. Now, by the way, let me quickly, I forgot to mention earlier, in Scripture, as we interpret the Scripture, there is one interpretation, but there are many applications. So how you speak the truth to someone, there's only one interpretation. I mean, speak the truth. Don't lie to one another. Don't deceive one another. Don't be dishonest. But how you do it, some of you might speak the truth with kind words. Some of you might speak the truth with words of admonishment or exhortation. Some of your, your words of truth might, we, we have different gifts. And there's different applications. There's one interpretation, but there can be many applications. So I'm giving interpretations, and I'm letting you figure out how you can give the applications, okay? That said, number four, we can meet the financial needs of one another. In Acts chapter 4, it's so interesting that the, the people, so many had come to Christ. They were saved. They, they were in Jerusalem. They stayed there. 
and there are tremendous needs. And so people were uh, selling their houses and lands to help one another. It was an amazing thing that was going on. There was a miracle happening. And Scripture tells us that the, that the Word of God was spreading rapidly. There were miracles occurring at the hands of the apostles. And it says there was not a needy person amongst them. Imagine that. Even in that period of time, not a needy person. But add to that, so many had come in and were displaced and, and had come for Pentecost and perhaps had stayed there when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Not a needy person amongst them. In our world, we want to say that as well. We want to be able to say that. In your church, during this pandemic, during you know times of uh, uh, economic difficulty. And by the way, I think we have some real economic challenges ahead of us as a country. Will there be any needy people in your church? Or will your church rally together and say that we make sure that there's not a needy person amongst us, no matter what comes our way? That's a way we show love for one another. Number five, we pray for one another. James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Now, number four, cost you something money-wise to help meet the financial needs of other people. And God may lead you to see there may be a needy person in your congregation that you want to help and you need to help. Maybe a needy person around the world, some other part of the world, a believer that you want to help. Uh, I know we've sent some extra money to India recently because of the tremendous needs there that believers are facing. But understand, number five doesn't cost you a penny. To pray for one another, that's absolutely free. All it takes is some time, but it's so powerful to pray for one another. There's a way we love one another. We pray for one another. And dare I even add, we can pray with one another. Makes all the difference. That's the way we encourage each other. That's a practical application of encouragement. Don't just say, I'll pray for you when I'm alone and not around you. Pray with the person right then on the spot. It always helps as we turn, help them turn their eyes to the Lord. Number six, we can love one another by forgiving each other. You know, we've, we've talked about this often on here, but forgiveness, it poisons your, or excuse me, bitterness poisons your soul and it defiles others. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that a root of bitterness springing up can defile many. It divides the church. It makes people choose sides. It, it weakens the church. We want our churches to be strong and powerful. One way to make them more powerful is that we be people of, of we be a forgiving community. Understand, in the church, we get close to one another. We love one another. We get near one another. We get vulnerable with one another. And we discover there's reasons that we hurt. Well, there's things we do to hurt one another. And there's reasons to not like one another. But we don't, we don't give in to those. We forgive one another. And there's great power in unity, and there's great power not just in coexisting, but in truly forgiving and coming together in Christ. So we forgive one another, just as God in Christ forgave us, as it says in Ephesians 4, verse 32. And finally, we can love one another by being hospitable to one another. In, in 1 Peter 4, verse 9, it says that, be hospitable to one another. What's that mean? It means you, you, you welcome people. It often apply, implies in your home. Your home, we want our homes to be places of peace and warmth and love. We want our homes to be places where people come in and feel loved. I remember years ago, I've told this story before, but I'll mention it briefly. We were, there was a roofer in our neighborhood that 
that he roofed our house and he was roofing a number of houses in our neighborhood. And we were all done and paid and everything. Ours was over. But uh, uh, he came into our house one day and he said, I need to talk to you some about your contract. I said, okay, come on in. And we sat down our kitchen table and got to talking. It was obvious, well, wait a minute, the, the thing's all over and done. And finally, after a couple minutes, he said, listen, I don't, there's nothing with your contract. I've just got to be honest. This job can be hard. Some of your neighbors can be pretty tough. Whenever I come in your home, I feel peace. That's why I came over today. I just wanted to feel peace. What a testimony. What a wonderful comment about my wife. What a wonderful, who makes our home, our house a home. What a wonderful word. And you know what? Your home can be a powerful, powerful way of bringing peace and showing love and kindness. And I might add, this guy was an unbeliever. And so this can show up in tomorrow's suggestions as well. It probably will. Maybe I should have saved that story for then. But the bottom line is, be hospitable. Open your house. How often, when was the last time you had someone over to your home? When was the last time you had another believer into your home? So that, that's where you find, that's where you get to know one another. That's where love can have, can grow. So often as Christians, let's make sure we don't think of our Christian life as revolving around our church building. Much more healthy to think of it revolving around our home. I'm not against church buildings. I'm not against gathering together hundreds of us at a time. But we, we live life in our home. And so be hospitable and bring one another into your homes. We're called to love one another. These are just seven simple ways that you can do that towards an unbeliever. Now, if you realize all these were one another commands, there's dozens of them in the New Testament. I've just picked out seven. If you want to take this further, go ahead and just do a, a Bible search. I use the Blue Letter Bible uh, online. Do a Bible search. Search for the one another commands or one another uh, uh, in, the, in the Gospels and particularly the epistles. Most of them, over half of them, were said by the Apostle Paul. And you'll discover other ways that you can love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have called us to love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. You said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. We want the world to know. We want the world to see. Father, we just confess so often they see amongst us believers bickering, fighting, disunity, bitterness. Oh, Lord, it must grieve your heart. We know the enemy wants to do this. We know the enemy wants to divide. The enemy wants to... Um, give us this testimony before the world that we don't love the way you said. We confess, Lord, any ways in which we've taken part in furthering that disunity. Help us, Father, to be people who in our world are so quick to cancel and reject. Help us to be people who accept, who forgive, who meet one another's needs, who encourage one another, who, who give to one another, who pray for one another who are hospitable, who welcome people in our homes, who share our possessions. Lord, I pray that we, on this live stream, we would be agents for good. We don't want to be overcome by evil. We want to overcome evil with good. We want to be people in our day and age who are model Christians. Oh, Lord, we come and get in your word every day. We're trusting you to transform us. We're trusting you to take us 
a step above others, not in pride, but as a model and as an example. And we pray that of all the things that we would be a model and example in, it would be love for others. Oh, fill us with love. We asked, we prayed earlier, we talked earlier about our tank being filled. Fill us with your love and overflow into love for our brothers and sisters. Love others through us. Love even people that are difficult to love through us. Help us, Lord, not just to love those who we would be friends with if it weren't for Christ. Help us to love our brothers and sisters even more, the ones that were different, even more because we just, we just see, we have to see Christ in them more. We pray these things. We trust your Holy Spirit to fill us today. Empower us with, with this fruit of the Spirit, the first of which is love. We pray that the world needs to see this. We need it. Lord, we, and Lord, I pray on us today who feel that we need to be loved. Help us to say, Father, I am loved by you. And to take the steps of loving others and know that uh, it will be returned to us as well. You are no man's debtor. If we love others, Lord, you'll fill us up. And we thank you for that. And we pray these things and bless you in Jesus' name. And for his glory we ask it. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, folks. Hey, God bless you. I, I so appreciate these times we can spend together in the Word of God in prayer. Thank you for being along with me. Tell your friends, all right? It's, it's wonderful to see our community growing, but we uh, let's keep, keep it growing. If you're new, hit the like, subscribe, leave a comment, share your friends. You know the drill, okay? God bless you. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.